Okay, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So today we are going to talk about semantics, yeah, and also a little bit of pragmatics. All right, and then when you are listening to this, please open up your PowerPoint. <clears throat> All right, so semantics is the study of linguistic meaning. That is the meaning of words, phrases, and sentences. In semantic analysis, there is always an attempt to focus on what the words conventionally mean, rather than on what a speaker might want the words on a particular occasion. All right, so it focuses on the real meaning of the words, yeah, not the meaning that the word has spoken by someone, yeah, and then. So there are a slight different, yeah. So there are so much different, yeah, between semantics and pragmatics. Okay, so many linguists make a distinction between literal or conventionalized meaning. Yeah, so in semantic, it talks about literal or conventionalized meaning. Yeah, what is the core meaning of the word, of the sentence, of the phrases? Yeah, so it is independent of context. Yeah, so that uh, belongs to the semantics proper. Alright, so semantics um, deals with a literal meaning. Okay, but when it is about speaker meaning, yeah, and context, then it is about pragmatics. Okay, so what the speaker means when they say something over and above the literal meaning. Okay, so when a speaker or when a person say a word, that might mean. Something else than the core meaning or the literal meaning of the words, yeah, and it depends a lot with the context or the situation when the word is spoken. So that is pragmatics. Okay, so pragmatics is the study of the meaning of the utterance, yeah, the words, the sentences, the phrases that is spoken. Okay, that is spoken by. A speaker, while semantic is also about meaning, but not uh, about the meaning when a speaker says something. It is about the literal, the literal or convention meaning of the word, phrases or sentences. And then, um, next slide. Let's first consider some observations we can make about the meaning of some words. All right. Uh, for the first one, the word "fly" has more than one meaning in English. All right. You can have um, a verb, yeah, with "fly." All right. And then you can also have a noun with The word "fly," you know, there is a an animal, okay, named "fly," but the word "moth" does not, okay. Both "fly" and "moth" is an animal, but "fly" has more than one meaning in English. However, "moth" does not. Okay, next, 
the meaning of the word fear includes the meaning of the word emotion but not vice versa it means that if you say the word emotion fear is one of the scope of the word emotion but it is not vice versa okay emotion does not include in the meaning of the word fear all right so fear is included in the meaning of the word emotion okay so uh take an take a big imagination that emotion is the bigger uh, scope and then fear is one of them but fear uh, but emotion is not part of the word fear all right next uh the word sister and niece seem to be closer in meaning than the word sister and girl right so when you uh when you heard this um words yeah sister niece and girl you might have an association in your mind that somehow a sister and niece seems to be closer in the meaning rather than sister and girl why because there's a kinship to it right and then next is the word assassin and murderer those mean the same but somehow used differently right why because you will hear the word assassin only when the victim is an important person okay or a famous person okay but in the murder um usually the victim is just common people all right not the not the famous one or not the important one okay those words mean the same but used differently okay next let's first consider some observations we can make about the meaning of some sentences all right for example in the sentence monica believes that she is a genius she can refer either to monica or to someone else all right so take a look again at the sentence okay and monica believes that she is a genius she can mean monica can refer to monica or it can refer to someone else right maybe she is monica's friend or maybe monica herself however in the sentence monica believes herself to be a genius herself can refer only to monica all right so herself can only be mean monica it cannot be referred to someone else right all right next um the sentence a colorless gas is blue and oxygen is blue are both false but they are false for different reasons okay why is it false all right grammatically it is correct but semantically mm, not so much why because a colorless 
a colorless it might not have a color in it right then why it is blue okay um next we have the sentence john's wife is six feet tall is neither two nor false if john does not have a wife okay the sentence john's wife is six feet tall is only true if only john have i'm oh, sorry if only john has a wife okay grammatically is correct but semantically we have to know whether it is true or not in the real life of john okay so you can see that um words yeah words can be uh similar yeah like her and herself but it it gives a different impact all right to sentences it gives different impact to the meaning okay it gives a different impact on the options of several meanings okay so that is what we are going to talk about in semantics all right so and then another thing is how words can be similar uh but they are more associated than another else okay then than other words all right and then some words can be included in other words but not vice versa all right okay next now yeah, we have conceptual meanings conceptual meanings covers those basic essential components of meaning which are co conveyed by the literal use of a word okay so um conceptual meaning is um a meaning that you have in your mind i mean a conceptual meaning is when a word is popping out or you or coming out out of a book or out of a conversation and then you have that concept of that thing all right so for example uh if you heard the word needle okay if you heard the word needle and then it will come into your mind a thin sharp still instrument okay you you know the needle that is used for sewing okay if is come to your if it's come pop out in somewhere then you have that image in your mind right that's conceptual meanings yeah you have that image in your mind how how does it look like how a needle looks like okay it it should be small or thin and then it must be sharp yeah because it's needle yeah and then it is steel not wood right uh, another example is if um if uh, if a word like dog right if like if a word like dog is popping at somewhere right maybe in television maybe 
in books or everything and then you will have in your mind yeah without without having any image or any picture beside the word dog you will have an image in your mind and on how the dog looks like all right it has four legs it has fur and then it has tail and then it's cute something like that all right so that is conceptual meanings all right so the meaning from the concept of a word inside your mind okay so we have so there are several meanings the first one is conceptual meanings yeah um a concept of a word yeah that is you uh a conceptual meaning is an image you have when the word is appear. Okay, when the word is appearing. Next, another meaning is associative meanings. In associative meaning, you may have associations or connotations attached to a word. For example, like the word needle. It might lead you to think of the word painful whenever you encounter that word. Okay? So you associate, you link that word into another word. Okay? So for example, um, the word candy. Okay? When you have the word candy you have in your mind the first is conceptual meaning okay uh, when i am especially me eh? when i heard the word candy it will be wrapped uh it will be circle and then or look like a ball and then wrapped in a paper and then roll it in the side of the ball up in the two side of the ball yeah making it look like a ribbon yeah that's the conceptual meaning that's the image that i have when i heard candy but i also have in mind that when i heard candy i automatically think about sweet I think automatically uh, the taste of sweetness that's associative meanings all right so when you heard a word and then you link it and then you connect it with other word okay so candy associated with sweet that's associative meanings all right so uh, that's how the words work yeah that's how the words work in your mind when a word pop out yeah when a word is said by um by someone by something by a text by a story by um by articles yeah you have that associative and conceptual meaning all right so sometimes sometimes when you don't really know or you don't really understand the meaning of 
a word, you can have that sense whether it is a negative or positive. For example, maybe if you are, maybe you never know the word exhausted, okay, but it comes to your mind exhausted. Uh, you can have that sense, yeah, you can have that awareness uh, that this exhausted is in negative meaning. Okay, that's that's how your brain works, right? When you, when a word, when a certain word is uh, appear, okay, you have that conceptual and associative meanings, okay. So when a word comes out, you have uh, that image on your head, yeah, of the uh, physical appearance and then you also associate it with another words yeah or another or another feelings okay next we will have conceptual versus associative meaning when linguists investigate the meaning of words in a language, they are normally interested in characterizing the conceptual meaning and less concerned with the associative meaning of words. However, poets and advertisers are very interested in using terms in such a way that their associative meanings are evoked. Okay, so... Um, Linguists both investigate uh, conceptual and associative meanings, yeah, but more toward the conceptual meaning, okay? But the poets or uh, the friends in the literature area, they are more concerned and more interested in the associative meaning, okay? Because they will... Uh, they like to know what words can evoke or trigger a certain feeling of someone else or certain feelings of the readers, right? Um, so, yeah. So, meaning, yeah, meaning of words uh, is defined by two conceptual and associative conceptual is the image or, or the physical image yeah and then the associative is um, relating the words into another words okay next we have semantic features so uh, how does semantic approach helps us to understand the nature of language it might be helpful as a means of accounting for the oddness which we experience when we read english sentences such as the follows so um you know that in semantic we learn about the meaning the meaning of the word the meaning of the sentence the meaning of the phrases yeah the literal meaning and then how the words are put together then it creates some senses yeah some of them doesn't make sense but grammatically correct 
but semantic we uh, it helps the the learners to create the senses of making the sentences all right all right so for example uh, the hamburger ate the man okay it is syntactically correct right grammatically correct but it is very odd okay it doesn't make any sense right because we know that the hamburger cannot eat the man okay it cannot do the activity of eating another example uh, my cat studied linguistics all right this sentence is grammatically correct but semantically wrong okay because we know because we have that conceptual meaning in our head that cat can study linguistics for example it can study something else yeah it can learn something else like pooping in the right place maybe but not studying linguistics right another example is a table was listening to some music okay so a table was listening to some music is yeah, syntactically correct it is very okay syntactically but semantically really odd right because we know we have that conceptual meaning in our head that a table doesn't have the feature of ears right so it cannot listen to anything okay plus it is also inanimate okay um so that's why we know that the sentence is semantically odd all right next um according to some basic syntactic rules for forming english sentences we have well structured sentences actually like the hamburger ate the man we have the subject the hamburger we have the verb ate and then we have the object the man um but it is very semantically odd okay so uh the correct one in semantic um perception is the man ate the burger why because the noun or the subject that uh doing the verb ate should have uh should be capable of eating all right uh but the hamburger cannot eat okay so we have to change the verb into something that is capable of eating okay the noun hamburger doesn't have this property meanwhile the object man has it all right so it is better if we switch the sentence it to the man ate the hamburger okay now uh let's move on to semantic features um semantic features have many definitions one of them is from leach it is said that the analysis of word senses is often seen as a process of breaking down the senses of a word into its minimal components which known as as semantic features it is categories okay so semantic features is all is 
um, divide into many categories, right? That allow us to classify the meaning of a word. They are usually represented with a head word and using the symbol plus or minus to say that the word contains the feature. Okay, let's take a look at um, examples so you have the bigger picture. All right, for example, uh, the sentence, the door kicked the man. The problem with this sentence is with the meanings of the words that are used. They are wrong semantically. All right. The verb of the sentence is kicked. So the subject should be the noun that has the capability of doing kicking or doing the verb kick. The noun, the door, lacks the crucial features or attributes that are required to kick. Okay, so the noun door doesn't have the ability to kick. In other words, door shouldn't be the subject. Why? Be because it cannot form the verb. Subject is the one that performs the verb, that does what the verb does, right? But since the door is lacking the ability, doesn't have the ability of doing the verb kick, it cannot be the subject, alright? Plus... It is not a living creature. Only a living creature that can perform the action of kicking. Okay, so the noun able to perform the action of kicking should have an attribute of plus and then, uh, sorry, of plus animate or being alive yeah so plus animate plus animate animate means something alive okay so um the things or the noun that should be the subject of the sentence must have the feature of plus animate Okay, one more time. The subject that is required in the sentence should be or should have a feature of plus animate because only animate or life being can do the perform or can perform the action of kicking. Okay, since the door is minus animate because it is not alive, right? It shouldn't be the subject of the sentence. That's why it is semantically wrong and doesn't make any sense. Okay, another example. Ali picked 
up his daughter and swung her. Ali should have these attributes. First, he must be a human. Okay, so plus human because he has a daughter, right? And then the daughter is human. And then he should be father and then he is a plus human. He should have the attribute of the first one plus the human. And then Ali is also has or having Ali also has the attribute of plus male because he is a father. All right, and then the possessive pronoun is his. So Ali must be a plus male, or Ali must have the attribute of plus male. And then Ali must be an adult. Why? Because he is a father. So Ali's attribute must be plus adult. And the daughter should be human, female, and child. Okay, human because he is the daughter of Ali, which is human. And then a daughter should be female because it's not male. And then it should be a child. Yeah. But and then she cannot be a male, so she is a minus male. She cannot be an animal because she is human, so she is a minus animal. And then she cannot be an adult. This bundle of attributes is called the semantic features of the word. Okay. So it is the features or senses that a word has. Okay. Uh, then uh, we can have a semantic feature analysis. Semantic feature analysis allows us to decompose words into bundles of attributes. This is based on how an event or action is expressed linguistically. The conceptual meaning of the word is considered as part of its semantic features, not some personalized meaning. Features that can be considered may be as general as plus animate, plus human, plus male, plus female, minus animate, minus human, minus male, and minus female. So usually the features is very general, yeah, not a very personal one. Uh, next, yeah, if the words are fairly similar, they may be made as specific or as required. For example, king and duke may share the features of being plus male, plus human, plus adult, and plus royal. But they are dissimilar in the features of ruler. King is plus ruler but duke is minus ruler okay so the ruler of a country is a king not a duke okay i think that's all thank you so much um if you have question please shoot it in the whatsapp group uh 
that's all ya. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.